This is Nick Spencer with Compass, hailing from Montecito, California, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Andrew Jorgis, New York City real estate attorney, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein, representing the Compass office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Aaron at the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. going on guys welcome to a brand new episode of real talk i crazy weekend man just we're it's up at 3 a.m this morning got to the airport by 4 4 30 i had to check in my luggage because i brought in my podcast equipment my video equipment we're here in south beach uh we've got a, something called a compass retreat basically all 260 offices that we have right now get invited to a once or twice a year retreat where we get to mingle, mix and match, talk, chop it up, talk shop with other brokers in other markets. And it's usually a pretty good time. Uh, I'm excited to hang out and see our, this is my seventh one. I'm excited to see all the friends that I've made throughout the years doing this retreat. The first started off in the Hamptons, then Aspen, then DC, Boston, uh, Miami twice, I believe. Then we did San Francisco, LA, I mean, it's just back-to-back. We just came back from a trip in Nashville. So just seeing all of our colleagues that have one goal and one uh, driven mind frame to come together to talk and just just basically chop it up with everybody, it's it's a good time. So uh, just cut to the chase. Chase, I'm really excited today to bring on one of my close friends. We met in Aspen in 2016. We hung out, been good friends ever since, ended up. It's just an honor to have him on uh, this podcast. So Nick Svensson is, I would say, one of the top brokers and one of the founders of our Compass office in Montecito, which is in the city of Santa Barbara. Uh, Nick's been a licensed agent uh, since 1996 when they used to show homes and carriages led by horses. He graduated from UC Santa Barbara in 1995. Nick drew... His early success with his first agency, Fred, San, uh, Fred Sands Realtors, then joined, then joined uh, Sotheby's International Realty in Montecito, and soon became one of the top 3% of brokers out of the 43,000 brokers nationwide. He was born in Sweden. He arrived in Santa Barbara at around five months old. And while he's been excited to call Santa Barbara his home since 1972, he keeps his, he keeps his Swedish roots intact and is fluent in the language. Nick is a true... If you want to meet a real-life Viking, Nick is a Viking. I'm a Japanese guy. I'm not going to call myself a samurai or a ninja or whatever, but if you want to find a real-life Viking, Nick is the guy. Nick and I first met in Colorado, like I said. We fly-fished, went to Belly Up. We hiked a pretty awesome mountain, a cathedral mountain, with our guy Steve Shane, who's the founder of the Aspen office. That was a 12,000-foot hike. And Cathedral Lake, we went up with our boy Brian Anderson, Byron Anderson, Matt Spangler. Uh, it was a good time. It was a really awesome time. So, without further ado, Nick, welcome. Thank you. Birch is B I R C H Group at Svensson Birch Group. So, welcome. I'll give you a little history of True Viking. My man. My dad's name was Sven, and I was his son. He's passed now, so that's why I am Sven's 
Sun, S-V-E-N-S-S-O-N. For all of you listening, you see two S's in Owen, it's always Swedish. S-E-N, always Danish. My man, you were born for this. I'm, you know what? It came from the old roots where they used to just, you know, pillage and, you know, they're coming home. Like, who is that guy with the gold and the booty and the, the axes and blood all over him? And that's Sven's son over there. And so that's why you'll never forget my last name. And please do not forget that extra S in the middle. It's very frustrating. So anyways. What's going on? How was your trip over? Absolute nightmare, you know. Santa Barbara, uh, east to west, man. We don't west to east. Dude, we're, we're spoiled in Santa Barbara. Everything's 10 minutes away, you know. And I had the bright idea of a red eye from LAX. And 12 o'clock turned into 2.45 in the morning. <laughs> what was the delay about? I'm not even good enough Airlines. to know. You guys Airlines. are all on your apps. I, yeah, I'm old, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I could probably ride a horse faster. <laughs> Let's just say that I did not sleep, can't feel the right side of my face, but I'm here for here. this podcast. Yes, you know, it's all about showing up. And, you know, what I appreciate about you is you've invited us, just, not just me, but Lane, you know, all of our other buddies, Lady, you invited us to your house, welcomed us, showed us your family, your home, your hometown. You're a very reliable, respectful guy. You drove us around from Santa Barbara to L.A. You make sure we got us there. You made sure you got us on, got, got us there on time. You made sure we had a good time the night before, and now we're here. Fast forward. I, I don't think I've seen you since. So I would say everyone in Compass is kind of the same way. Punctual and reliable. Time to do it. Yeah. You know? So let's start from the beginning, man. Let's start from why did you join the real estate industry? Why did you decide to become your own business owner instead of? Going the easy route, maybe finding a salary job somewhere. I was a uh, graduate UCSB. I was a bartender. I was valedictorian at my high school. Uh-huh. Uh, arguably, high CPA, UCSB, paid my way through. <laughs> but I I framed and finished work uh, as a hobby. And uh, I was helping my in-laws, my father-in-law, who was a builder, do a flip. And during that time, we were redoing his house. He's like, why don't you get your license and sell this? So I did. And then I realized two things at that time. One, my in-laws had really bad taste. and I, <laughs> uh, So it took a while to sell that house. But by the time I did, I sold like just sold like three other houses. There it is. So I was behind the bar five nights a week, which I'd re- recommend anyone new, right? Like, you know, that stress during the day uh, is really hard. So I worked during the day carefree because I made my income at night. Eventually, I went to four days a week, three days a week. Held on to one day a week because it was super fun parking. But then I ended up selling real estate and uh, just fell in, fell in love with it and fell in hate with it kind of at the same time. Love it, hate. You know, there's no consistency in life, you know. But uh, grew up in Santa Barbara, been in Montecito selling real estate since, what, 96? It's just, it's a really rewarding business. Good. So fast forward to when you joined, when we opened Compass, who approached you? What made you join? Oh, here we go. What was, what was the story between... You and our leadership. This is a good one, actually. Yeah. So my broker sits down with me. He's a friend of mine. He says he's going to step down, which was a bummer. You know, I don't work for the company. I kind of work for the broker first. Right? Yeah. I, I, I work for Rob Refkin. You were from Lehman, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then who surrounds me like talk. But they replaced him with a broker from L.A. Um who was driving up every day, you know, my roots are in Santa Barbara, Montecito, and I, I just didn't feel that you could sell the culture and run a brokerage with a map taped to your wall in your office. 
driving up every day. And, yeah, agreed, uh, agreed. So, long story short, he entered, you know, he, he had a meeting with everyone, you know, by pecking order with volume um, and, you know, chatted with them. Somehow he mixed up my volume with someone who's part-time. And so he finally interviewed me and looked at me and he's like, oh, you know, you're doing two million a year in sales. And I was like, dude, I think you actually missed that one, bud. <laughs> and uh, long story short, you know, we figured out I'm a nice guy, but I just decided at that moment that we didn't like him too much. And so I appreciated him, but I think he would have been better served if he would have moved and become part of our community. And Santa Barbara is very small. And you can, you really can. Why did he decide to move down, move out, or step down? He didn't want to. He, you know, a little bit of an ego, you okay. know. And so uh, cleared my office and uh, standing in front of it. And he was like, I dare you to leave. And I opened the door and it was, it was empty. But I did recall that I told him that I would actually gut that office, you know. Yeah. And I did. Okay. Suzanne, Suzanne Perkins came over. What? That was the last straw. She was, I worked with Suzanne for many years. She's mm. one of the best agents on the planet and great. But, and again, this guy was great. I just didn't think that he was at his full potential under the guise of what would have been on our key. Sure. And, you know, take away all that bullshit, pardon my French, guy was a good dude. Yeah. But you can't sell. Santa Barbara's not, you know, it's not developments you know these you know you can sell a thousand square foot house for twice as much as a 2200 square foot house around the corner that's just the way it is sure. you know because we have history you can have a luda maria riggs or a george washington smith built in the 20s that will overshoot any other house that's built between then and now that story is they closed that office because i was right and that manager is a real estate agent now for compass <laughs> He will not. If he hears it, I don't care. But you know, it is what it is. You That's know, cool. it's like I'm happy for him. I think he's probably a better dude. Right who, now. who approached you first from Compass? Um, How they find you? I called John Nisbet, my manager. Yeah. And I said, "Look, I need to meet." He says, "All right, where do we meet?" I said, "I know everyone in town. It's got to be somewhere." So we drove down to Carpinteria. We sat in the back of Slides. I ordered a beer. Then I wait around a little bit. <laughs> I saw eight people I knew on the way in, so it didn't really work. But he tried to start selling me on the new compass thing. It was over three and a half years ago, and I said, I don't want to hear about it. I want to hear about you. And he's he just went, he was like, what? My son, I have two boys and a daughter. Yes. And he went on for about 10 minutes, and I was like, dude, we're good. I'll tell you what, you send me a deal, and it's signed. I'm not negotiating, it's not how I roll. Just send it to me, a handshake. That was it. That's it. That's it. What did he, what were you sold on? Him. Not the, not anything else. Why am I here, dude? Human. People. Sold on you. Sold on the people. Yeah. Okay. All right. You didn't want to negotiate a better term or a better yeah. offer or... Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. You are probably the rawest, simplest, purest dude. I'll put it this way. If I negotiate with you and our relationship that we have, you're going to give me a better deal than I'm going to negotiate with you. I Because I respect you. Yeah, right? True. And yeah. I'm going to give... Pay it forward, right? Yeah. Better serve. Okay. But you got to start with trust because that's what our business is. You know, you don't work for money. You work for time. All the money in the world is not going to buy your reputation back. No way. Speaking of, speaking of money, so then what motivates you more? Is it power? Is it money? Is it influence? You know what motivates me? What? The power not to worry about money. Tell me more about that. Same token, right? You stress. 
it's, it's, it's tough. You stress, you know, but you have to run scared in this business, you know, so it's a real fine line, you know, but like there are no guarantees, right? The only guarantees in life, there are no guarantees, but you just want that power to not worry about the money, but you're never going to know. It's not worrying about it. No the way. better you get, the more you want to make, the more you make, the more stainless your Amex is or whatever, you know, but if it is... <laughs> I got one. I got that one you just put on there, that cool one. But, uh, okay, the, you're talking about the platinum or the black? Oh, yeah, but here's the deal. Platinum personal, platinum business. Platinum personal, dog. But, you know, but you got to understand, everyone out there, I've gone through three of them. They're glued together, and if you leave them behind the bar too long, they rust. So you got to be careful. Oh, all right. Note to Amex. we got to put that in feedback. They rust. Shit ain't stainless. Stainless doesn't <laughs> rust. The deal is, you know, you work the time, and you need the power to be able to control that time. You need to have the power of your personal life over the power of your business life. Yeah, don't let the business and take over. Don't let the deals take it, over your life, huh? It's, it, you know, it's going to. And well, you know, way, some of the top brokers have that same problem. And I'm not top deals broker. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know I, uh, I do my deals. Some people are built for it, you know, and, and kudos to them, you know. Um, you were a top 3% broker. What happened there? Huh? I was actually better than that. You were better than that. Okay. And, and I just right. found myself my best year ever, you know, uh, what happened then? Just what was your best year like? Huge referral. What were, what were rates that you were pulling in? I did, I did, I did pretty good without an assistant. So <laughs> I think I, I referred out. I had twenty million in referrals in. Uh huh. Which was what? gross sales. Eighty million out. Wow. In referrals. My man. Pulling, you know, money that didn't really matter. I was getting pulled in twenty different directions, and I was over. And, uh, you know, my volume on paper didn't look as great, right? Yeah. But I knew what I made. Okay. I mean, you never worry about what other people make. I think sailboards are trash. I think... Uh, What's trash? Sailboards, you know? Like, like talking about the whiteboards? Take that shit off, man. Even the whiteboards in the middle of the office? It's fucking absolutely terrible. What's up with that? Well, let me tell it's you It's a California thing. It is. And also, you know, in the you know, morning meetings, oh, yeah, fuck, ring a bell. This guy sold something. You know, for every person... That gets to celebrate that, and arguably we're a compass. They're all humble. They don't really need to. It crushes everyone else in there. It crushes their morale. It hurts them. But you know, and the th- thing about this business is you can't look at what other people make because they're not going to give you any of their money anyways, right? <laughs> but the, you know, the one analogy people don't understand too is you got to think of the best market, right? Yep. And then you got to add all these builders that we have, right? Construction, okay. right? All right. Take your best builders. Take, you know, someone, you know, client says, I need your top 20. They got a penthouse. They want to redone, you know? Give okay. me your top 20 builders. Okay. Okay? Rent a building. Give them all offices in the same building. Put a sailboard up by what they're building. It's the same thing. It's gnarly. Like, we're all competitors, man. But we're not, you know? So that's the craziest thing. The thing is, is you just keep your... Keep your reputation straight, you know, and you pay it forward more than anything else on the planet, you know, because mm-hmm. karma is real. Right. Do you guys have a whiteboard in Santa Barbara office? No. No, right? Take it down. Yeah, yeah you would take but it they down. Ring, do they ring a bell, bro? Like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so I refused to ring the bell. So they did the meeting and I don't, you know, sorry, John, but I don't go to a lot of meetings. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, so someone gets up, ding, ding. So I, um, I won't ring the bell. I refuse. Yeah, what's up with that? That's to keep my sales off the board. It's like, all right, cool. For every one ring, it crushes everyone Good else there. Job. You know what? And you, the, the thing is, is 
you know, we're all happy for each other, but same token, it's a frustrating business. Very. There's a lot of luck. Is it more competitive now than it was 10 years ago? Uh, yeah. You know, it's going to be. Why is that? Because we're going to have a retracted market. Yeah. Everyone's talking about, this is my two cents. I'm going to just throw it out there right now. So we're not going to see a big drop, right? I mean, 07, 08, you know, we had, you know, we had renters as owners. The worst thing on the planet. It was like taking 15 year olds and putting them in Formula One cars and letting them run around the track. Sure. No skin in the game. You know, giving them a fucking hot dog and a Slurpee and letting them drive around. And <laughs> so they were the worst people to control, arguably, one of the largest, you know, one of the largest portions of our economy, right? Yeah. But since then, you know, we've had highly scrutinized buyers uh, jumping through hoops, primarily on the jumbo market, and minimum 20% down. Um, and from there, you know, fixed loans, great rates. And from there, you know, we've seen a lot of increase in so eight. And so what we have is we have, we have really good people, you know, behind the wheel. And what's going to happen as we flatten and get more realistic, in my opinion, you know, four to five percent increase, there it is, is we're not going to see as many sales. You know, these people aren't going to go out, you know, and sell if they don't think it's great market selling and, and you know they're also not going to go buy and move from the house unless they see blood and want to buy something yeah so what i think we're going to see for the first time in a long time is harder for us to make cash you sure know, title companies attorneys where you are oh yeah lenders ah you know they can they can mix it up a little bit but you know home warranty plans and you know sign guy vince my homie good guy shout out puts all my signs up but you know it's going to retract a little bit and what's going to happen is it's going to be a wake-up call. No offense, but the millennials are going to actually have to start marketing. You know, they're going to have to start saving. Sure. Cash. They're going to save cash. Better and brace, brace up for a hard time. Mom and dad are going to be over them, you know, in the basement. And then it's going to be like, look, you're on your own. But I just think we're going to see a little retraction. So, yeah, you know what? It is a little harder now because there's more luck involved. When the market turns harder. Other agencies, the competition, try they'll try to re-strategize their game plan. Whether it's, oh, we're going to focus more on rentals or, oh, we're going to focus more on investors or whatever it is. Tell me about how you go up against discount agencies, younger they're, agents. They're reactive. They're what's, what's, the, what's your strategy? Do you ever get asked by the seller, hey, I got this company that will do it for 1%. Say, do it. What do you, what, what's your response and how do you fight that strategy without losing business? No, but this, here's the deal. I got another example for you. So the last one that did this was a couple weeks ago and I just said, look, I don't need the practice anymore and I'm over it. So I left. Who'd you say that to the seller? Seller, yeah. Yeah, okay. Kicking the tires a little bit, I was out. Before she made a decision, I'm like, I'm down. <laughs> so you walked in and you knew. No, dude, no, I spent some time on it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of not good about it. You know, you lay out this plan, this model, everything. I laid it all out for, like, their nephew or something. I don't know who it is. But but uh, um, what the deal is is you have time to work with them or you have time to go work with someone else. It's like cold calling, which I've never done. All right. I made one cold call. Okay. I'll give that story a little bit later. Like, <laughs> sorry. You, no, all good. F-bomb. Be but, you, um, be you. But... Expires and cold calls. Those are it's a high failure rate. You know, you're dealing with someone who arguably isn't in the mood to sell. You know, and you usually talk them into it with a price that might not be reachable. 
you're not going to have a stage ready home because they're not really sophisticated enough to do that. And, you know, if they're going to go to someone in this day and age, they don't know an agent. There's something a little bit different there, you know? Yeah. And uh, nine times out of ten, you know, it's they, they can't let it sit idle or vacant because they're not flush. And so you're setting yourself up for the fall. Yeah. So years ago, I went, you know, I'd get my, my million dollar. Fred Sands, they wouldn't let you get your estate card unless you sold something over a million dollars. It was a pretty big deal. In like 1995, that's a big deal. When the horse carriages were being thrown around the show home, that's a big deal. Those were some badass horses, like those Budweiser commercials. But, um, <laughs> about. but you know, so no, we, uh, I went to this interview, and I went to the third interview, and man, she called me, and she said, you know, we really like what you said, but you're just too young. Uh, and I get it. I didn't own a house. How do you sell a house? You still look young. So, so I sat there and I, I you know, and I groveled a little. I Man, I'm crying. I sweat once in a while, but you know, <laughs> I was just chilling. I was sad. I was going to the office. It was like it was Friday afternoon. Reception was just terrible. <laughs> and I sat there for a little while, you know. And then when I left, the phone was ringing, and I'm just OCD, so I, I got to answer it. So I, you know, I answered Fred Sands, the states. And the woman's like, "Hi, French accent." from Pacific Heights, San Francisco. It's just like this house I really want to see. You know, nice. Oh, wait, what? Okay, cool. I'm coming tomorrow. The only house they saw. It's two mil. They bought it. Closing a week. Covered for Oracle. Wow. Had I not been there, had I been over there at that other house for a million one, dealing with someone that arguably was going to just make my life absolutely miserable. Miserable, yeah. So the deal is, is you can, you can sit on that and chase that one and a half, right? Try to argue tell you what you do better, but no, you don't tell them what you can do better. You leave that in your pocket. You walk away with it. They want you to tell you what to do. Mm. You're competing against a, a, a budget broker. They don't know anything. But you can't tell them what we know. I've been doing this so many years. Ah, tell you what I know, it's great. So the thing is, is you walk away from it, you go. Can't help everybody, right? And then you, where you go, you go to a bar and have a good dinner. You talk to the person left and right of you. You go to the store, you go grocery store. I met Chrysler, the guy from, what was that? Instacart, super nice guy. Yep. That's just how you do it. He's a cool dude. Great dude. Delivered us beers. Name's Chrysler, he drove a Chevy though. That's a pretty funny day. I was like, pretty you, gotta you, gotta, you, you gotta buy a Chrysler 300 right now. I said it wasn't the first time you heard it. But, it <laughs> but anyway, so my thing is, is just, just keep on keeping on, you know? Do you purposely not take on crazy clients or crazy sellers because even though they'll pay full commission, they have trust in you? Depends on the market. Mm-hmm. Depends on what you guys got on the I'm a listing agent. Listings are in. Right. You need them. Yep. yep. And you know, we you know, have a marketing budget. Tell me about some of your uh, more interesting clients that you've worked on or you've represented in the past. Oh, God. Some crazy ones, you know. <laughs> My favorites. You can redact the names. No, it's all right. Uh, pretty cool. I got a call from a guy because I had a beachfront property on. He wanted to see it. And I told him there was another one down the street that's really cool. I could show it to him. And then uh, he's like, perfect. And he calls me back an hour later. He's like, oh, no, my bad. I'm in Oakland. I didn't know that, that my wife's aunt, you know, can sell real estate there. And she lives in Ojai. And oh. I was like, dude, no worries, bro. Cool. So no I said, she's not a member of our MLS, but I'll set it up with all showings. She just take over. He's like, seriously, you do that? I'm like, of course, bro. And then she calls me. And uh, she's like, that is, that's, that's cool. It's so nice of you. And I'm like, what? I'm sure I really like that. Can you work with me with him? I'm like, of course I can. Yes. She's become a very good friend. And that buyer he bought is uh, Mike Dirt, you know, Green Day. Yeah. The drummer. 
No, he's the bass player. Oh, he's bassist. His bassist, last yeah. name is Pritchard, but dirt from to dirt to dirt to dirt to dirt to bass player. But the thing is, is you pay it forward, it comes back. So you're friends with uh, Green Bay's bass player's aunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, and we're close friends. And Mike and I are buds too, you know? Yeah. Co founder. What's Mike up to? Touring still? He's touring now. I think he's in like Hong Kong or something, right? Singapore, maybe? I don't know. Detroit. Recording, yeah. They, him and Billy Joe uh, founded it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah his yeah. parents moved away, and Mike's parents converted the garage so he could live there. Yeah, yeah. Most humble right. guy I've ever met in my life. That's awesome. I mean, dude, that's awesome. Super humble. I mean, I've I've only I've only seen them live like twice, but they. I seen that's them cool live. that they're still together. I know. If you listen to this, dude, I want back seat, back row tickets, back stage. To which show? I don't know, dude. I'm gonna just pick I'm going to do that right now. I might just call him on air right now. I won't. <laughs> He'd probably answer, though, you know? Well, if he's in Singapore, it's 3 a.m., 4 a.m. My, my clients answer, too. But uh, answer. that's one. The other one, um, they just have loyal clients, you know? I, I remember a really good story. I got these people that I was looking for, a really good couple. Yeah, it was a couple of years. They're looking for that special spot. You never know, you know, if they're real or not. And... Uh, Picked up this little piece. It was this little house, a little guest house. It was like three mil. Um, we put it in contract, you know, and, and, you know, we're very involved, right, in our market. We don't have attorneys like you do. No. But, you know, after two or three days, not returning my calls. You know, we had like a, I think we had like a seven-day inspection period. They were cash. Okay. That's like, good. It was like a third-day close. No, no issues there. They weren't calling that. I was like, oh, you know? Yeah. Well, what happened? Did it ghost it? After they put down a deposit? On the fourth day, he calls me. He goes, come up here. We're going to buy champagne. We closed early. We got all the doc- We got all the disclosures signed already. We're going to get him. I'm an attorney. So we got it all taken care of. I was like, what? What do you mean? We got all your stuff and we did it, but we don't want to bug you. Oh, nice. We were up here with a bottle of Dom. Come up. Wait, what? I'm coming close. up. He's like, yeah. So I rolled up there. They closed. Four days. <laughs> Ghosted, see? That fear. I love it. Absolutely hate that feeling. I love it. It's like waiting for the deposit to hit the, hit the you know, hit escrow. It's yeah, like, sure. Yeah, please. I hope they went to the bank. I had another buddy of mine on the market was hot. Came barely into my office. Like, dude, I'm buying this house, dude. I'm buying that yeah. house. I'm like, all right, I'll right. write this offer. Yeah. So we wrote the offer. We wrote it with like charcoal because we had wagons. And uh, <laughs> but we had it in quadruplicate. That's how we did it, you know? It sucked. But I was going to go deliver it. And I go, I was parked next to him. And I look at the back of his truck. Dude, he pulled the for sale sign out of the ground in front of it because he didn't want anyone else to see it. Yeah. It was in the back of his truck. <laughs> a big old yeah. giant freaking 4 by 4 post and sign. He pulled the thing right out of the ground and put it on the back of his truck. Uh-huh. I like, mean, it's Clyde's tail. Yeah, he took the freaking sign out from the house because he didn't want anyone. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> I made him put it back. That's hilarious. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. So, you know, one thing I noticed about our, our industry is it's hard. We don't have... And a lot of our listeners may not know this, but we don't have a salary and we have expenses up the ass, whether it's marketing, a lot of taxes, unemployment tax in New York City, obviously huge, NTA tax in New York City is huge. I'm sure in California, being the state that it is, that being a blue state isn't easy operating a business. It isn't not very business friendly. So, you know, what do you, I mean, you have a, you have a wife, you have two kids, one's off to college, obviously, but what do you do to make sure that your expenses are covered, make sure that you're 
business is sailing, you're not cutting corners on marketing, you're still investing in yourself and your family. What do you do? What is your you strategy? Run, you run it like a business. Every check that comes in, you put I put thirty percent away. Mm. I put another percent depends on the For what tax? Yeah, yeah, that'll feed my set. Thirty percent in California at least, I could run thirty percent out of my out of my deal, depending on sometimes it you know, it's a little bit you put it away and then you move in uh, you also move money into a marketing budget. Okay. You treat it like a business. Right. And then you also have to be a believer in your business and your salary. We don't have a retirement aside from our set. And you can, you know, we don't have the time to, uh, you know, to watch and keep an eye on what's going up and down, stocks, whatever it is, right? Nope. So my advice That's not our job. is that you pick up real estate as you go. Mm. That's it. You got to pick up a little something. You got to spread yourself a little thin. My recommendation is always two units. Two unit homes. No more, no more, no less. Two units. And what do you do? Rent them? Rent them. Yeah. yeah. Rent them. And uh, what do you, what's your advice to listeners who don't have enough capital right now to pick up those two unit homes? You know, they got a lot of clients around that have capital. Yeah. You know, incentivize. Yeah. Where do you, where do you buy them? And what neighborhoods are you in? Up and coming. Okay. Remember, you know. For example, have, give me an example. I, well, like. We it's not in Montecito. We have a little Spanish duplex in the west side, right? Mm-hmm. Tenants will pay more. They're not as worried about buying into a you know a transitioning market as a buyer as a buyer would right because mm-hmm. they can leave sure um, my advice at least where I'm at is I want yards I want garages I want laundry and I rent to dog owners they stay mm. okay dog owners will pay more uh, you know yeah there's you know they're a little more aggressive and they won't leave they won't and leave. I never raise my rent during a tenancy I promise them the minute they move in as as oh yeah, even if your tax goes up the following year. Doesn't matter. Oh damn, man. We don't. Okay. Let me be your tax. <laughs> California, we're proposition thirteen. What does that mean? It means our rents, you know, our taxes don't flip. Oh, it's tied to what? Tied to inflation, so it's going to give or take like three percent a year. Oh, that's good. That's why people don't move. That's why you swim on the Macy's. So those little funky houses around my house. Yeah, sure. They've been there for fifty years. Fifty years, fifty plus years. They can sell their house for a million too, a little turd, but then go buy something else. But they're paying, you know, thousand dollars a year. Oh, not bad. Look, I'm paying two grand a year property tax. Oh, good. Two point eight million dollars. But if you buy a new construction, tax base. Sure, sure. But if you buy a brand new new construction, oh, somewhere you can in town, as soon as you buy your business, then then your you taxes can, go up to market. But you can in California, you know, you can stay within your county, and you can uh, when you're 55 or older, you can per, you could sell and purchase something that's 10 percent more or Less than what you just sold, you yeah. transfer that basis once, or you can transfer it to a child or a grandchild. Got it, got it. So you inherited your family tax I bought, base. Bought out my brother. Basically, a, a, a rent controlled city tenant because you're just paying the tax. That's awesome. That's that's I didn't, that's I didn't know that about California. That's good to know. I didn't know about your little stay, crazy tax. System. Stay in your home as long as you can. Yeah, as Speaking as of your home, you know, your house is sick, man. You do a lot of like woodwork, millwork. You do your own kitchen work. You do your countertop work. You do all these custom little designs on your doors. Everyone needs an out. Right? What's up with that? Everyone needs an out. Yeah, I like country and woodworking. Dude. Yeah, okay, that's your out. When you retire, you're gonna be a millworker, woodworker. Yeah, I'm never gonna retire, dude. I love it. Yeah, don't ever, don't ever retire. No, I want to be that, like, Manther. You're 80, 70, home, you want to be busy. Yeah, just, yeah, that guy in the corner office that's flush, it does not sell anything that you're, like, walking by, oh, oh God, you know? <laughs> I want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know? I love it.
That's good, man. Well, listen, I don't. I know that we got to get on with our Miami itinerary, so I'm going to finish off with a few more questions. All right. Your son's always catching lobster. How's he doing that? By hand. You just dive in and just catching it? Took him an hour to get those four. Drove 10 minutes out of the way. Yeah. Damn. Six feet of water before there's not a lot of swell in the water. Yet. He's doing it at night? No, during the day. During he the day. He at night, but he just... How do you grab him at night? Isn't it dangerous? Lights. No, they're, no. they move at night, so there's more movement at night. Yeah, but they're Deep not... water. Oh, they move at night. Move more at night, yeah. So it's hard to catch at with, night. Big tide shifts, swell in the water, you know, full moon. But he just no, he does he catch him during in tide or out tide? Doesn't matter. Didn't matter. He rolled in from Cal Poly because he's you know freshman college. Came in with a couple buddies, went out there and grabbed me some bucks. Jumped in from the ocean and just feet of water. Damn, they're hard to grab too. Really? How do you catch them from the tails? Just kind of let they them go backwards. Yeah, they go backwards. So you, yeah, you don't want to get pinched. Well, they will pinch and have claws. Oh, those lobsters don't have claws. No, they have claws. But it's not like Connecticut lobsters, Maine lobsters. Yeah, I mean, you guys are like snarling claws out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah, they're know. pretty bad. You don't want to, you don't want to get don't chopped up. Yeah, and they, but they're hard to get. <laughs> I'm over it now. I taught them. <laughs> Not real estate related, but I was curious. It's great. Um, if you had a, a million bucks to invest in your market in Montecito today, what are you buying and why? Nothing. There's nothing worth a million. Bucks. All right. What about two? Uh, no, uh, two mil. Post mud slide. What's that? Yeah, we're still coming out of that mudslide. You know? Yeah, yeah, okay. We really find yeah, way that's out right. That's right. A year ago, uh, two mil. I'd buy something that's walkable to the lower village or the upper village of the beach. You know, three trees. Where are you in Lower Village? I'm in Mesa, so I'm in Santa Barbara, right? Yeah, I'm, you're on so the. So I'm in its beach, but you're like uh, on that water. This is in the lower village, but mm-hmm. I think you know with demographics that everyone is going to you know migrate toward you know somewhere where they can just walk right out their door and grab dinner. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then, you know, maybe to the beach. And so I'd probably pick up something, you know, uh, there's a couple of streets down in San Virginia, something down there, you know, where I could walk to the beach. Yeah. Walk for a cocktail. Walk for a cocktail and then go home. Run from the cops. Go <laughs> to Rosewood. But no, no, I, I, that's, I think a little, a little pad right now um, with the ADU thing that's going on in California, you know, additional dwelling units. They're okay. just shoving new units down our throat. You, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, Every little order, every little city council is trying to fight it, but the guy in Sacramento is rewriting it to, you know, to work around it. But arguably, you could you pick up a little something in Montecito, and then you maybe build a little AD in the back. You do that for $2 million? I can pick it up for $2 million. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you heard it here. What's the return like if, if to, to build out and then do the rental and hold it? Not great, but you know, you know, you got that attendance area for school. You know, you probably rent the main house for... Seven five hundred, you know, you build the lady in the back, you know. In the core markets, you, know, you, you, you got a four percent cap rate. And that's what you're looking that, at. That, that's what it is. In all core markets that Compass is in, Compass is only we're only in core markets. It's security though, you know, security. It's but you're only looking at four four and a half percent. That's the thing is it. I like, but this is what I'm getting back to is in all core markets, interest rates follow cap rates. When the in the core markets, when the interest rates are low like we are right now, you can't expect the cap rates to be seven, eight, nine percent. You, you know, but in real estate, the cash flow is going to be high. Proactive, not reactive. You invest in a market that you know has caring about, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. You know, you you gotta you gotta know who's behind the wheel. Montecito is beautiful, man. It is one of the most nicest communities I've visited. Actually, Montecito and Newport Beach probably my two favorite LA communities, California communities, and I gotta say. It, the, your home, the proximity to the beach, 
just the, the temperature, the people that drive by and say hello to you, that small neighborhood community. I mean, day. I think every other car stopped by to say what's up to you. I mean, that is something else. I mean, that is, that is that is a true community. Coming from a guy that lives in Brooklyn and had lived in Manhattan for 10 years, I mean, this is you don't get that. You never get that feel. Manhattan's so transient, but you go to Montecito, it's cool, it's calm. You got the sunset, the beach is right there. People are chill. You know, every bartender in the neighborhood, we went out to that shopping mall district area, Hung out, went to the couple of bars down there. They did that ski movie too. That was crazy. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, later. I mean, but it's that a was sixth degree. He knew someone. Everything's a sixth uh, degree. Yeah, man. And that was such an awesome little thing oh, we man, did. I, your neighborhood is is really awesome, and I feel like if you if someone from the East Coast that wants that bi coastal life in a neighborhood feel, not a downtown LA feel. You know, Montecito is definitely a place that people need to visit and check out and and, and buy buy a home there. That's awesome time. That is such a sick neighborhood to, to just to have something there and to have a friend like Nick live there. I mean, that's also something else too. You know, that's an awesome life proposition that you could think of if you're tired of living in the East Coast or if you want something bi-coastal. I mean, this is, this is a place to be in. I could agree, you know. But, you know, everyone has – everything has a perk, right? You know, you know but we live every day. <laughs> There's, you know, we live every day. When it rains, we're still. Yo, to close out, you got something you want to say to the rest of yeah, the community, uh, to Compass, to people listening to people love real estate are listening to this right now. So give give them. I'm gonna ask to do a lot of podcasts in my career. This is the first one. This is your love first one. Talk, talk. You're going to blow this up. This is the real talk. TikTok, he's nailed it. Love <laughs> this guy. All right, brothers. Thank you for listening, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're always going to be here. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Appreciate it. Your presence, your words, your knowledge. And I look forward to having you again on this show soon, man. All right. All right, what's this way? Yo, Nick, what's, the, what's up with the Spence and Salute? Tell me about the Spence and Salute. In a nutshell. <laughs> Cheers, by the way. Here's the Cheers, brother. Never sell yourself short. So we sell ourselves. The client's on the fence. You got to start beating the house up a little bit. Push them, push it away <laughs> while you bring it in. <laughs> there it is. No, no, no. You don't know. You know, I don't think you should have this house. I don't think you can afford it. You know, you're right. Oh, oh, you want it? Okay, I'll write that for you. Spence and salute, everybody. <laughs>